Welcome to Wild and Free with Sarah and Nicole. Let's see what's on our minds today. Well, hello everyone. Happy weekend. This is Nicole and Sarah with Wild and Free with Sarah and Nicole. We're so happy that you're here with us today. And we're really excited about today's podcast. And I want to say first and foremost, I'm really excited about the like the energy around the podcast. I, is it just me? Podcast? No. Today is my favorite day. So I woke up excited to get on the phone and to do this with you. Every Wednesday. You guys, we record this Wednesday. It comes out to you Friday. But honestly, this is the most fun project that I have right now. Yeah. It, and like even using the word project doesn't feel right. No. It's just because for, it's, it's for fun. fun and free. It's for fun and for free. Yep. And that's what Sarah and I talked about when we started out. One of the things that I... I think I've said had this phrase in my vocabulary for a while now, a few years. Is it for fun and for free? Yep. And I want things in my life <clears throat> that feel for fun and for free. And of course, as an adult, not everything can be that way. Um, but as a you know, as an intention, um, that's kind of where I like to move fun, move from. And when we started out with this, that's kind of what we said. We wanted to do yep. something that was for fun and for free. Yeah. And that's how it feels. No, it feels so good. And and we love the comments and um, just the support that we've gotten from some of our listeners. You know, it, it really is inspiring for us to continue to show up and be honest. And I absolutely love when you reach out to me and tell me all oh, you're crazy also. Right, right. <laughs> because it makes me feel so much better about mine. I know. And I, and I love that. So thank you. And I and I honor the crazy. The crazy in me <laughs> honors and sees the crazy in you. Isn't and I love like every a, moment of it. Don't they say namus cray? <clears throat> namus cray. The crazy yep. in me honors and bows to the crazy in you. Because yep. it's there and it's so true. We've gotten emails and text messages and things on. Um, it's been it's been really great how people have been able to relate and resonate and create that connection um with what we're offering and what goes on in us because we're you know we're not as different and as unique as we think we are sometimes and i feel like it just creates this beautiful connection um and relatability and this mirror like this Mm. this mirror that we get to see in each other and just like an open conversation of two friends who have gone through similar things who want to help inspire other people you know, to recover and not only just to survive what they're going through, but to thrive and and to just be, just to be with wherever the hell you are. Like that is okay. And you are enough right now, right here. Oh, so right. Yeah. So it's just, it's been great, but here we are off on a tangent. Already. (laughs) We haven't even, we're just starting. And a little side note, I am coming down with whatever is out in the world right now. So you might hear me cough or sniffle and my voice sounds a little whatever. Um, but because this is so much fun and I get to be at home with my throat coat tea in my comfy chair and my scarves, um, I get to still show up and yep. be a part of this. Cause this is, I wouldn't miss out on this, but, um, so if you hear a little rumbling from me, um, somehow Sarah transferred whatever crud she had to me all the way down here in Palm Springs. Yeah. Through so. the screen. I, it's I through, feel the, like it's I've through the energy the last... frequency. It's through like, the channel that we have to each other. We just transfer all our shit to each other. Emotionally, physically, immunity, all of it. We just transfer it. Right. To and each that other. actually is good. I'm going to make a little note on that because I, today we're going to talk about practices. 
Mm-hmm. And intention and areas. Intention areas, things that we do. And it's funny that we bring that up, that idea of transferring things, because I want to talk about the difference between observing and absorbing. So we'll get into that a little bit later. I'm kind of excited to talk about it. God, I need that. Yeah. Okay. Right? Um, Round us. Our little empaths over here. Mm. Okay, so let's start with some cards. Yep. All right, let's get the day started. So I literally just <clears throat> shuffled right before we got on, but I'm going to do it one more time. So you all can hear it. So there's my shuffle. And one more little cutting of the cards. <clears throat> All right. So today I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to do the listeners in the podcast first. Awesome. Yeah. So angels and beings that love and guide us. What do we need today? So today, ooh, for the podcast and for our listeners, we have to see. Hmm. See your surroundings and lessons as blessings. That's good. There you go. New perspective on things is what it feels like there. All right, so I'm going to go for Sarah next. What do we need for Sarah today? Angels and beings at Love and Guide Sarah. What's what's up for her today? Oh, I love this card. Mm-hmm. Um, this is release. Oh, love, God. Love what is today. Let go of what might have been. Oh. Sarah and I were having a conversation last night, and I feel like this just like follows up with that conversation. It just is so point on, spot on, whatever mm-hmm. that saying is. Yeah, it works. Spot on. And I actually have a story. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this with this card in particular. It's this one. And so, again, I'm using the Art of Attention deck by Elena Brower and Erica Jago. And last summer, it was four or five months after my miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a very hard time getting through the through my miscarriage um i was on some antidepressant medication when i had my medica- or when i had my miscarriage and i had a doctor tell me that that's why i had the miscarriage was because i was on this medication oh that's right and that was 6 weeks after the miscarriage and so i stopped taking my medication cold turkey just stopped taking it <laughs> not to, not doctor recommended but i thought if i want to get pregnant again i don't want to have my <clears throat> i don't want to have anything come up in regards to my medication so i just stopped taking it that was a terrible idea Ter- ter- it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. But um, I was about five or six months out from the miscarriage and I got this card deck and I was trying to, I was just trying to live in the world. And I think I got this card, what was it? Four days in a row. Yep. Uh, that's why it looked so familiar when you Four pulled it. Four days in a row. I got it. And you know, there's 53 cards in this deck. Yep. And I remember my husband did the like statistics on the, whatever, the probability of getting the same card four days in four a row. Four days. And I can't remember something astronomical, but um, this is a really powerful card, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, and, and after I did get that and the energy started to shift, I, I reached out, I found a therapist that I was able to connect with. I got back on my medication and things definitely started to shift, but this is a very powerful card. It, it's really perfect for my life right now. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was and you say, know, sorry, I didn't mean to take that away from you, but this no, is are really you kidding? Me? Well, I was about to like interject and just say how irresponsible of the doctor to tell a woman who's grieving yeah, in the is. midst of serious trauma that the reason a horrible situation happened is because of your medication. It was terrible. It was a male doctor. He was a general practitioner. I mean, it was a conversation that should have gone a lot different than it did. That's, and, I mean, and, I get it might have been partial, but at the same time, it's like how you approach and it's that bedside manner. And it's it's about, I'm always like, 
proper training right. to work with populations and trauma-informed training really needs to happen in a lot of our systems. Right. It Anyways. was a very unfortunate situation. And now oh, I have a wonderful part. doctor and I had a doctor. And she's a female and she's, she's great. She's a female and she's amazing yep. and she's super supportive and all yep. that. So, um, but it was a good learning experience. <laughs> it was, I learned a lot. Terrible. I remember it. It was, it was terrible. It was and I learned awful. A lot. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I can look back on it and see the the gifts out of it now, but I couldn't then. So angels and beings that love and guide me. What do I need today? Let's see. Mm, I had got peace. The most mm. valuable peace arrives with your next breath. I think this is like, we got that last time. Was it last? Or, yeah. Or the yeah. time before we've had this. And one you pulled this one. I get, we get this one a lot. We get this one a lot. So whenever I hear peace, uh, automatic, the next word that comes up for me is ease. Mm-hmm. peace and ease and so that's uh, it makes my that shoulders soften a little bit didn't that feel good I, know, I felt it I was like, <laughs> yeah yeah those no. are really good cards today lovely cards all right well let's do a check-in and I want to start with Sarah um let's do check-in and content together you go oh, first oh man okay I'm gonna start with my content I only listened to one piece of content <clears throat> Sorry, I'm still getting over my sickness a little bit, too. It's just been lingering. Um, I had the intention of listening to more, and then reality hit, and it did not happen. But I went back to Yoga Girl, and I listened to her latest episode, which was about her taking maternity leave. Oh. Yeah. And so her daughter's actually two. Oh, okay. So I guess it's um, it's been confusing for people. So I just... The details were all about something that you keep talking about, like a slower pace of living and how to um, slow down Mm -hmm. and what that means. And I just related so much to this podcast because she um, was just talking about like the million different things that she's doing Mm -hmm. and how the idea of ever slowing down has never even crossed her mind. I mean, it's just like it's not even intuitive to slow down and Mm -hmm. and to be more present because... You have to keep going. You have to keep creating, keep doing. And so that really just hit a chord with me, especially this week because it was really busy. But for the listeners, like I sit on, I sit on six different task forces and coalitions and I, and I don't talk about a lot of the details in my professional career, but, but it's a lot. It's heavy. It's a lot. Um, I'm involved with the regional health department and, um, it's really heavy in a, in a lot of different ways, but I literally, my days go from running, I mean, straight up running from one meeting to the next meeting to the next meeting to updating grant reports to submitting proposals to speaking. I mean, it's just from the moment I leave this house, it's on. And mm-hmm. and there's days where I get into my office and I'm like, I, I haven't even ta- I haven't taken a breath. Like mm. I literally have not taken one breath today. So I just could relate on such a deep level to this podcast. And she's just like, I'm done. I'm done. But the funny thing is, even in her doneness, she's still doing her podcast and she's still doing a lot. She's still doing a lot of the activities. And so there was humor and, and I related to that too, because she's like, you know, my done looks like most people's, um, most people's lives and and so I don't think I'll ever be done creating and pushing myself I'm neurotic and I'm driven and it's just part of my being Mm -hmm. like I don't think there's I can't turn that off 
but I know I do have um, intention areas and I'll wait till we get to that. And I do want to put more focus on myself in certain areas in my life. And so, um, yeah, so that podcast was great. I did have one really exciting thing this week and I can talk about this project, but we had a big launch. I've been part of an initiative called Away Home Washington and that's been really amazing. And um, it's, it's a goal to help end youth homelessness. Mm. So um, Pearl Jam is one of the stakeholders and the governor's wife and a lot of different agencies and foundations from around the state of Washington. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say in the state of Washington. Yeah. Yeah. In the state of Washington. But the goal is to um, eventually have it be a nationwide model. And so we've been working different agencies and different people for probably six months on an interview process. And it's been pretty intense. And and we finally we we were selected the city I live in to be an anchor community. And um, I'm just really proud of it. And I'm really excited about the initiative. We had the big launch yesterday. Um, and I just think it, it, it starts to like plant the seeds okay. of intention to build a better system so that our kiddos don't end up homeless. And if they do, they have access to services. Um, so I'm obsessed with housing mm-hmm. and transitional living in my professional career and we're one step closer to maybe building some better systems and models so I'm really excited and proud of that one I love that you're working on that and that's also very near and dear to my heart I grew up in Spokane Washington and that's where I did a lot of my that's where I did all of my um, drinking and using was in Spokane Washington and especially you know I moved out on my own when I was 15 and especially when I was still in school you know I was very, very young, 13, 14, 15, out on the streets with a lot of the kids in Spokane, you know, um, there's different facilities around that area that are open for um, teen homelessness. But at the time that I was there, there, there just wasn't a lot, a lot. I, I was never um, homeless. I always had either a friend's couch to sleep on or... But I want to stop you there because that actually, so that's part of the problem the city we're trying to do a point in time count which is where you actually can figure out exactly how many youth and especially young adults under 24 and under 18 are homeless and um it's miscounted because of what you said like oh, because there's we a think lot we're of not kids. actually homeless yep that you don't actually, have friends couches to sleep yeah on. but when you're <sighs> 14 and 15 years old and you don't have a stable permanent right. housing and you're sleeping on who knows who's out <laughs> Like that's not actually, that's not actually working. That's not a working system. Right. You're throwing some truth bombs at me right now, Sarah. I know. <laughs> they keep oh, me actually, I don't want to like, <laughs> I wasn't technically like, so I get it. You weren't living on the street per se, but no, you don't know but I where I didn't have stable living. Right. Be. I didn't have a, a stable home, a home to be in. Um, oh. Yeah. And so I guess that would be one of the issues, but I do know that that was one of the places where for me, it really fostered a lot of my addiction oh being out on the street with different kids not not knowing where the stability was coming from not having any authority and and, and being judged mm-hmm. so much by the community for mm-hmm. being one of the kids on the street yep so and 
No, and I and that's... love that what I love what you're doing, and I, especially for these kids and for homelessness, and um, obviously in Spokane because it's where uh, you know, it's I, huge. I was, but yeah, it's huge. And I and, this is and a I huge have a initiative. special focus for like young young girls because yeah. the reality is is that a lot of our youth and a lot of our young girls get sex trafficked, mm. and Spokane is. And, and it's not even just Spokane. It's like the Pacific Northwest is one of the highest hubs of sex trafficking. I think Seattle might be number one or two. I actually Portland. think when I was in Spokane, there was a zip code in Spokane that was the lowest poverty in the state of Washington. And that's where a lot of the child molestation and uh, sex it's one of the highest in the state of yeah. Washington. Yeah, yeah, it was in Spokane. Yeah. One of the yeah. Spokane, Spokane, yeah, that's what... Well, and they have different statistics. Some people say Spokane's sixth in the nation for sex trafficking, but it but it just depends on, like, where you're looking at those statistics. But the but right. the reality is it's... I mean, it's bad. It's, I mean, whether it's sixth, whether it's tenth, whether it's fifteenth, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's terrible. But the whole area is just so bad. And yeah. so... Um, but everything's connected. Uh-huh. And so that's what I realized, like, with all of these different initiatives that I'm a part of is because I'm on an opioid task force and I'm on... Um, you know, I, I'm on a women's task force and I'm on a drug task force and I'm on school coalitions and the way home Washington and, and it all ties together. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you were to look at it from a bird's eye view, it's a bunch of different separate paths that all intertwine, you know, the social determinants of how they're connected. And so many of the times, like our systems are failing, we're yeah. failing people, we're failing kids, we're failing people. And so part of my busyness is also intertwined with I have this like deep passion for changing systems. And so I will do so at the expense of my own health. And Mm. I can't I can't always turn it off. So it's a really interesting um, it's a really interesting life for myself to live is like my passion drives a lot of my neuroticness to help change these systems. But then I also sometimes get tired and there is a hype <laughs> out in the field. And yeah. so that's why it's so important that I also take care of myself and that I um, get intentional in my own life. Right. But it's a hard balance. It really is. Well, because there's so many things that we could be a part of as well. And there's so many things that you want to be a part of, because like you said, that's, um, there's so many different paths down this road. I mean, I was listening, I think it was Gabor Mate again, when he was on the Russell Brand podcast. And I think Russell Brand asked him like, you know, what can we, you know, what what can we do to, you know, end this cycle of addiction? (laughs) And he was serious. He was like better prenatal care. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it starts Hard. in the womb. It starts yep. in the womb. Take yep. care of pregnant women because yep. then they'll be supported when they have the babies. Mm-hmm. They'll be supported um, when the babies start to grow into children. You know, if we have better care um, for families, you know, then he's like, there's no, you know, starting no, at 13 isn't going to help. And so yeah. there's so many things that we can do. And those of us who are passionate about helping it, you know, we can, there's like a couple paths that take one is you see all of it and then you get paralyzed and you're like, oh fuck, yep. I can't do anything because I'm just yep. one person. The next thing is, oh my God, I'm going to do all of it. <laughs> and you put yourself into all of it. In everything. In everything. <laughs> That's me. And you get burnout. Um, yep. But then I think what Sarah, what I'm hearing from Sarah and what I'm seeing you do mm-hmm. is take a step back and say, I want to change. I want to help create change. How can I make sure that I am in the highest good of myself mm. to then be in the highest good for these things that I want to be a part of? 
Yeah. And that's what I see you doing. And I think no, that that's really important that. to do. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. And that's what I try and do. And also, I think it's when you're looking at this path that's connected, the other thing I tell people is like, pick your poison. I mean, right. not in a bad way, but, no, but it's true. You know, everything I do really does come back to addiction and mental health. Mm-hmm. So. And I've had to get really clear on that because I did. I used to run my international nonprofit and I was in Africa and I was poverty and it's women's right. And, and, and it could get overwhelming. I mean, the vast amount of help that our world needs is crippling at times. The environment, I mean, God, you name it, it's out there. So for me, I've built, you know, that's where all my studies, all my degrees, all of my focus, my career really, I've had to channel it. Like my purpose is how do I help? change the addiction and mental health system and field. So now it's just also learning (laughs) how to say no to to some things. And 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 say yes to yourself. Yeah, and say yes to myself because I also have to remember while I'm actively trying to change the system and and I I will, I will leave an impact because I'm neurotic and I'm an addict and my um, addiction is my career. And my neuroses is <laughs> making a difference and changing systems. And I'm like, so when you have that type of energy and drive, it's going to happen. Is, it's going to happen. But I also have to like, I have to make it through it. And, well, and, and who do you want to be along the way? But I'm part of the system. Like when I get really real and honest, like I also am the young girl who was addicted to heroin and was suicidal and had hepatitis C and was on the brink of death. So mm-hmm. like that, that is still, that girl is still in me. You right. know, I've grown, I've recovered, I'm a woman, I'm, you know, have a great career. It, I'm busy, I'm married, I'm this, I'm that. But but I still have that like wounded child inside of me. We yeah. all do. We all do. Well, I mean, I feel like you just pointed it out when you, <laughs> when I was talking about not being homeless and you're like, actually, babe, you're homeless. Yeah, you know, we homeless. all still have that. We all still have that in us and we need to heal that too. I know. Okay, yeah. so that was my week. That, what a that big was my week. Oh, what a great opening to the podcast, babe. Thank you. That's so Social powerful. Social health. Let's just go. <laughs> I, that's what we should name the podcast today. <laughs> Social determinants. I'm just bringing it down. Oh, I love it. It's so good. It's all so good. Okay, so you did your content and you did your really good check-in. Um, let's see. For me, I don't even know. Uh, I'm sick. I'm feeling a little sick. Um. But I thankfully get time to rest. Oh, I wanted to check in about Disneyland, you guys. For those of you that listened last week, I owe my husband, my mother-in-law, and my daughter a big fat, you were right. I was wrong. You were right. It was so much fun. It was such a beautiful time. We all got sick afterward, but it was but just I love so it. amazing. I was watching your stories. So Nikki went from being super pissed. I was so... and, and like her stories on Instagram as she was driving down to LA were like, it's raining. and Flash <laughs> flood warnings. Yeah. I mean, it looked crazy. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And, and just the transformation. So she's like pissed. And then all of a sudden she's there and it's like this magical, like the light, everything's <laughs> magical. And then on her way home, she's like, best day ever. I know. That's exactly how it was. And I'm so grateful that that was the experience. You know, I get to reserve the right to change my mind at any time. You know, that's one of my favorite things is I reserve the right to change my mind at any time or to get my mind changed. And that's exactly what happened. We showed up 
I mean, it's really hard to stay grumpy when you're at Disneyland, especially in Christmas, because everything is just so beautiful. And I get to see things through my daughter's eyes, which is really beautiful. Um, so I just wanted to check in with that and, and say, you all were right. I'm so grateful we went. We had such a lovely time. Um, and then since then, it was last week was a really busy week. We had a lot of stuff going on. Um, and I have talked about consistently. I like to I, I am intentionally slowing things down. Um, and lately I've been consuming a lot of things about, you know, missing out on things or, um, there was this thing I read yesterday that said, I, I'm not saying no because I'm busy. I'm saying no because I don't want to be busy. I was, I I took a screenshot of it and I was going to actually bring it up today on the podcast with you. That was one of my favorite posts I've ever seen because it's like, why is it that when you want to say no to something, you have to have a million excuses and like defend yourself as to why you're saying no. It can't just be like, no, No. thank you. Right. It needs to be like, no, thank you. I'm so busy. No, thank you. My white lie. My grandma's in town. I'm sick. I'm not feeling well. I can't. Yeah. 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 I mean, all of this stuff and no is a full sentence. No period. No, period, is and a full sentence. opportunity that you say. I yep. love that. No means I next opportunity. Yeah. And even sometimes that no means next opportunity for me. So, yeah, I love that. I actually, like, wrote it on a Post-it. And it's, like, yeah. I'm not saying no because I'm busy. I'm saying no because I don't want to be busy. I really, I really don't want to be. And um, mm. I want to say yes to myself and to my family. And, of course, I love connecting and being a part of. And I... I don't mean it in a sense of I want to become a recluse or isolate myself. I just don't, for me, for me personally, I am a person that I I love being around people and I love sharing energy with people and it takes a lot out of me and I'm learning that about myself the older I get and the more I become aware and and in tune. Um, I've used uh, social situations and relationships as a means to not get quiet and clear with myself. Um, it, it's another form of addiction. It it's is. another way of getting out of myself and not getting quiet enough to listen to what I need. And as I, as I get a little bit older and as I start to get more intentional with my living, I find that it's okay for me to say, you know, no, you know, <laughs> no, this isn't no. for me and my family. So, um, we were busy last week, but not as busy as, you know, we were going to be. There were some things that I did say no to. And then, it's been kind of slow over the last few days, um, which has been nice. I mean, kind of forced because we're sick. <laughs> we're all, it is my nice husband because... was sick. He lost his voice, which was kind of nice. And um... <laughs> that's how Chris felt about me for the whole <laughs> week and a half. I had laryngitis. It was probably the best thing that ever happened to him. Yeah. <laughs> no, and real. my husband just has a very, um, his tone He's very commanding. <laughs> He's going to listen to this and be like, thanks, Nick. He knows how much I love him. And he knows know. how much I loved, like... Thane, we love you. We, we totally love him. But he had this very soft-spoken... I mean, my th- my husband is soft-spoken already, but he does have this tone to it. But anyway, um, I digress. I'll move on. So uh, there were other things. Oh, I did want to give a little update. I was actually was talking to Thane about this last night, like if I was going to or not. But I think there were a lot of people who have resonated with my talk about infertility. Yeah. And so I'm just going to talk about my journey. Um, <clears throat> and so I think I told you guys a few weeks ago, I went to the doctor and um, I'm started to use the, like the ovulation sticks, like the ovulation yep. tests. Um, and I, I did it once last month when I, I was for sure that I was ovulating and I was not at all 
not even it was like x no and i was like well fuck me because this is exactly the when time you think you're supposed that to. i was like everything is telling me that i'm ovulating and i'm not mm-hmm. and so i started this month and um apparently i just ovulate much earlier than i was tracking like a week earlier than mm. i was actually tracking so how were you tracking it before um that's a lot. That's a little TMI. Oh, okay. Got I got it. very comfortable with my own body. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things you can take your temperature. You notice certain yep. things. You pay attention. You chart things down. Um, so I was I doing it say, wrong. Like, you were doing it wrong. <laughs> like that's, I mean, but this is, it's like, there's always an easier, There's always an easier, softer way. way. Like, fine, but I easier, will say, <clears throat> what my husband reminds me is, okay, now this is going to be a little too much information, but those of you who have had problems with um, infertility can probably relate. So over the last year and a half, almost two years, my husband and I have tried every kind of sexual schedule for conceiving that is possible. Yep. Every single day, every other day, every three days right after my cycle, right Mm -hmm. before my cycle, right in the middle of my cycle. Like we, we have experimented. We have experimented. We, there have been a lot of times where I'm like, this conversation, I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, this is just how it is. This is, we have tried everything. And and those of you who have had problems with fertility, I'm sure you relate to this. I'm sure you can relate to this. And so this is why I'm talking about it. A little too much information, but it's why I'm talking about it because we want to have a baby. Yep. You know, we really want to have a baby and um, we want Bodhi to have a sibling. And so, you know, we, there's only one way to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Well, there's not only one way we can adopt and all that down the road if that's what comes up, but this is the reality of how that happens. So, um, but anyway, my husband did remind me that we have, we, we have explored our options in this area and maybe the time wasn't right. And, you know, maybe it is now. So, you know, who knows, but um, it is really interesting that I, I swore, I was like, I don't need those ovulation strips. I can do it myself. You know, so many other people do it themselves. And this is what this person said. And this person read this book and I got this calendar and oh, I'll do it. And then, um, I can't, I didn't, I, I was so off. I really, I was like, so such off. an important lesson for all of us in, and in all different aspects of our life. I think it's so easy, especially with social media too is to get or, or the internet is to get on and and really be inspired by other people's stories and to you know eat the same food they do or try the same infertility methods or right. whatever it is you know do the same hair products because you you want to have what they have like that's good that's a normal thing but then right. at the end of the day it's like I think the path for all of us is like what actually works for me what right. actually works for you for me and mm-hmm. really. Yeah, all exploring of it. that, all of it, like right. getting really intentional about exploring and being open to what works for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited. I'm so proud I of you. I am too. And I'm staying it. open and I'm just, you know, it's, it's, uh, I love that I got peace as my card today because I get yeah. really fucking crazy when it comes to having a baby. I get really crazy. But okay, so I want to take that. I'm going to stop you. I know. You, I know. I want to take that involved. word out of your vocabulary. I know. Because I think when we want something, we really fucking want it. And I think that's also like I I've never experienced what you're going through, but even as someone who hasn't um, experienced infertility, but like I also Chris and I are having the conversation about 
yeah. having a baby. Yeah. yeah, and that's something that is super strange. But I've loved seeing your journey because it's like babies and this whole time. It's I mean, it's terrifying because it's mm-hmm. literally like evolutionary speaking, like what <laughs> we're what we're hardwired to do. I yeah. mean, there's a lot. There's so much that goes into like having a baby, not having a baby, not being able to have a baby, adopting, not adopting, fostering, not. I mean, it's just such a heavy topic. All of I'm it. Scared, baby, I'm terrified i'm, I'm just putting still it out. scared of having i have a baby and i'm still scared of having thank a baby you. that makes like, me feel i it like terrifies me i'm terrified thought. i just I'm got terrified. chills because part of me knows what it's like to have Bodhi as a baby but i don't know what another baby's gonna be like yeah it's like a how- whole new human it's a whole new human i'm still scared of Bodhi turning four you know That's, like it's yeah. i just and I mean, and it's lovely and it's a beautiful fear and it's all that. And it's just, there's, for me too, there's all this stuff kind of wrapped up in, um, the, the fear and all, all of it. I, I never, I, I don't know. I, I didn't realize that Thane and I were going to be in this position after having Bodhi, you know, I didn't no, you know thought and, that you'd just be able to have baby. another baby. Right. Right. Just like some people say, you know, when Bodhi was going back to school, <clears throat> I was like, oh, I'm going to miss her so much. And there was someone that was like, well then just have another baby. It was just like, like, I've been trying. It's just so you. easy. Right, exactly. <laughs> but like, uh, but no, it's uh, true, you know, and I didn't realize that this is going to be the journey. But, um, you know, it's it's one of those things like our dark pasts will become light for others, yeah. you know. It's and so, so um, I'm so proud of you for talking and it, for talking about it here and bringing it to light because I know other people, I like know other people listening can relate to this. Right. And I, and just to be completely transparent, it's like, I didn't talk about it. This is mm-hmm. something that is, that I, I mean, I know it's, yep. it's, it's hard maybe for you to understand that are, that's listening because I am being very open about it here. Um, but I started, you know, using the mm-hmm. ovulation sticks three days ago and I didn't tell Sarah. You know, oh, this is the first I've this heard is the first she's hearing about it. So Thane and I actually had to have a conversation about it last night and he was like, Oh, are you talking to you? I was like, no, I'm not telling anybody. No, every I'm time like, she's so on the pod, like every time she brings it up on the podcast, my eyes get so, you, so big because really she gets so big. excited. She's like, she's talking about it. She's I talking know. about it. And there are things that like Nikki, so we're all uh, transparency, right? Like let's all show up and be honest and brutally human and there's no shit that like we have not talked about exactly and I'm still not talking about and I hope that like I will talk about it Mm -hmm. I want to talk about it um so I salute you oh thank you and the only reason why I am doing it is because it helps me to share it's that idea of storytelling and connecting and sharing our experiences um when I share other people can feel the connection there and they can you know we can relate like all of it, you know, it is hard trying to have a baby. So if you're out there and you're struggling, I am with you and I hear you and I'm here for you. And I know that it's really hard and that doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of the actual feeling of it. So yeah. I just wanted to talk about that and put Me that out too. there. No, um, but <clears throat> storytelling and then we'll, we'll get back. But I, I think that's so true for like all aspects of our life. I think the power in sharing your story I know for me, it's like I always say that also when I started to share my truth and when I actually started to share my story, like it set me free. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just does. It set not only does it set us free, but it sets other people's people free and it gives other people permission to, to share their story. Right. Um, and then it's like this beautiful like ripple effect 
of yeah. consciousness of people being able to connect to one another because ultimately stories are about connection yeah. life is about connection how do we as human beings connect to one another and then realize we're actually a lot of us are are the same yeah like we're the same a lot of us have the same fears the same wants the same desires the same needs the same experiences and it's just all comes back to connection mm-hmm yeah. And I love that we're ending on that because I think this is a really good segue into what we want to talk about today. And we got some feedback from people about things that we do. Period. Actual, Thank you. Yeah. And actually, we got a few emails, too, I about know. things that we do, um, like actual practices, because we talk a lot about who we were, who we are, kind of generally. But today, we're going to kind of get into the nitty gritty of practices. And before we do that, I will say, um, I did listen to a few things this week. I'm not going to talk about all of them though. I just want to talk about one. Oh yeah. I listened to a podcast called rewilding for women. That's it amazing. great. It was amazing. Um, and, uh, it's all about, I just listened to one podcast, but it's, it's an entire community that I'm really excited about. I'm really excited about digging into this community. The woman, um, the woman that runs it, her name is Sabrina. I'll put all the links in the pot in the show yep. notes, but there's a woman that runs the podcast. Her name is Sabrina. And the one that I listened to was about spiritual practices or what exactly was it called? It was called spiritual self-care practices, um, to support, where did it go? Oh, and now it's gone. Anyway. Um, but I'll put all the, all the notes up, uh, in the, uh, all the links in the show notes, but I really, uh, loved it. It's kind she's kind it's like, which, what we're doing here. Yeah. She's creating a community for people to come together, um, and connect uh, and connect <laughs> and yeah. connect to themselves, especially the divine feminine okay. to really get like home in, in, in our womanhood, in the spiritual, in our womanness, in the spiritual women. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Um, and so because it was about spiritual self-care, I wanted to bring some of that conversation into here because there were a few things she talked about that I really appreciated. So I'll talk about those a little bit later when we get into actual practices, but I just wanted to mention this podcast and I'm going to keep listening weekly. I think she does like a Facebook live and then records it. And so she has like questions and stuff come from people from Facebook and it's like this open dialogue. It was really cool. It was really, I'm really curious about it. It was the first time I listened to to it. I know. Well, well, in the new year, we have we're things gonna have, planned. Uh, we already have we're planning. We're, we're planning. We're so, flowing. I don't even want to say planning. We're flowing. We're flowing. So in the new year, yeah. um, we may have some exciting stuff coming out. So that, and that may be one of the fun things that we could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to look into this. She has like a rewilding, um, she calls it a mystery school, oh which is like God. a retreat. That, I don't even, I don't even know. I'm fascinated. I'm, I'm fascinated it. Like, with this woman. We should go. I know. It's called a mystery school. I don't even but know. Fine if we actually like went together on a retreat and Gosh, then. Gosh, that would be could so good. Plan so, things. And okay. Anyways, I'm putting it, I'm just putting that seed out into the universe to see where it lands and to God. And, and then we'll see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. Plant the prayer seeds and yep. we'll see how they grow. Oh, I love that prayer yeah, seed. Yeah. That's um, good. yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so I really loved her, but I'll put the podcast in the show notes because I really enjoyed listening to it and she was really lovely to listen to. Um, so I'll put that there, but we do want to talk about practices today, what we actually do. Um, we talk about, you know, obviously I talk about my infertility stuff. I've talked about my depression, anxiety. We talk Your about values. our recovery. Um, and yeah, and definitely looking at like, how do we stay current? Mm-hmm. 
excuse me, like what are some of those things that we do to not fall into like the depression hole or the mm-hmm. anxiety cycle, the worry cycle? Like what, what are the things that we do? Or when we start to do that, like how do we start to get ourselves out mm-hmm. of it? And if we want to create something, like if we're not right. in the depression and anxiety hole, but on the flip side, if we're what feeling we inspired and motivated, how do we grow that also? So I think there's like both sides. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of, and there's, when it comes to practices, my mind, when, when I started getting these questions, I was like, oh my God, there's just so much because there's so many things that I do automatically now. Yep. But those are like the most, so the subtle things, I think sometimes yeah. we think we need to do these like big rituals. Like it needs to be really big and oh, really totally. ritualistic and like it really dramatic. Under the full moon with yeah, the candles like, and the crystals. Exactly. And sometimes it's just. It's like simple. Simple. It, it's sometimes what, it's just like sh- saying no. Or sitting in the morning and praying while you drink your cup of coffee, taking some breaths and not checking your phone. Right. Right. So I want to start with, um, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go kind of do a few paths here because I'm going to start with, um, where it all began, began for me was when I got sober and in recovery. And so that's where a lot of my practices first started is suggestions from various mentors that I got to, keep myself current and to keep myself sober, to be honest. And in order, and now me staying sober, the things that I have to do look a little different than they did in the beginning. Some are still the same. Uh, But in the beginning, um, one of the things that was recommended to me, and I loved this suggestion. I absolutely love this suggestion is, um, so when I got, uh, initially got sober, I had a mentor recommend that I write my day down the night Mm -hmm. before 30 minutes at a time. And I know it sounds crazy. You know, and I remember talking to her about it and, um, I was like, that is so much writing and that's so much to do. So much work. It's so much work, but it's actually something that I, that I've been reincorporating back into my life now. Mm. And it's so helpful Mm. back Mm. then it was to structure my day, to see what my next day was going to be by every, by every 30 minutes. Um, and what she told me is cause I had two addictions when I got sober, I had addiction to drugs and alcohol. And I had addiction to my ex. Love addiction. Love addiction, for sure. So did I. And so she had me write down my day and she told me that if there was any time in that day that she saw, that I saw that I could pick up a drink or I could call my ex, she Mm -hmm. would let me do it. But I had to call her the night before and go over the schedule Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that if I thought like, oh, there's time here, she would make sure to fill it, you know? So, so and, and so that's something, obviously that's not something I'm not going to call somebody every night to check in my next day. You know, obviously that was something that I did for my first, um, 30 days. Months, yeah, yeah. It was a, for, I actually do think it was about 90 days that I did that. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a practice that I has, has then morphed over time, um, to now it's not a half an hour at a time. It's an hour at a time and it no longer, it, ironically enough, it has nothing to do with, um, filling up my day. It has to do with creating space in my day. And it has nothing to do with the two things that you originally needed it to work for. No, no, not at all. Not even at all. And so that was one of the practices. So, but along with that was journaling. Mm -hmm. So for me, journaling, um, you know, I think for the first five years, I have a stack of journals that every morning for the first five years of my sobriety, I would wake up, write down five things that I was grateful for. 
Mm-hmm. I would write down what I was struggling with. Just really simple. Just one page in a journal. What I was struggling with. What I wanted to let go of. An attribute that I wanted to be that day. And then I would write down a prayer or a mantra for that day to get me through. Mm-hmm. It was really simple. And it, it, was, it was when I was still smoking. And so I would grab my journal. I'd grab my coffee. I'd grab my cigarettes. I'd go sit outside. And I, this is how I would start my day. And I did it that yeah. way for a long time. And actually, when I met my husband, I did it for the first two years that we were together. So I probably actually did it up until seven years sober. Um, and I would tell him that I was going to see what I was going to be that day. And he I loved, loved that. that. I he, loved that. He loved that because he was yep. like, you would wake up in the morning and then you would go decide who, who you're you going to be that day. Yep. And so we've been talking about that a little bit lately, and that's one of the problems. I want to bring that back into my life right now. I know. I want to bring it back into mine, too. I know. Because it was such a good practice, and it took five minutes. Let's that down, though. Let's actually, I'm going to, like, find, you keep talking. (laughs) I'm going to write that down so I don't forget it. I'll send it to you. I want to decide who, no, but just the concept of, I want to decide who I want to be that day. Yeah, because we get to make that decision, and we get to make that decision as many times throughout the day as we want. Yeah, we have to start that shit over. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's like, you have permission to start over. Right. Uh, thank exactly. God. I right. need that grace. I need that grace. <laughs> right. So that was one of the practices, I think, in the very beginning. That um, And that that's a consistent one. That's a consistent one for me that I did, um, you know, for years, for years. Um, and then I still do it today, a, a version of it after having my child, it's definitely been different, but I do feel at, at this time, I feel calling to do some of those practices. Um, but that, that's probably one of the biggest ones for me, um, is, um, is my, my morning routine, choosing who I want to be. So I have more. Do you want to, do you want to do one? Do you want to go next? Yeah. Yeah. I'll you talk. do one. You do one. Cause I have, I have a list here. You know, I didn't realize that there were so many practices that I actually okay. participated in until I like okay. sat and wrote I it have down. a list. I actually wrote it down too. You did. I want to hear. Yeah. Okay, but I want to talk about all of it when I first, I'm going to go oh, yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because then it, my, my routines and my, um, my my flows and my intentionary was like so much different today oh, for than sure. they did when it was first rebuilding my life. But my um, morning rituals was I would wake up when I was first getting sober. And, and for me, if you're not in recovery and you're not addicted to drugs or alcohol and you're listening, this still relates. Oh, it still the reality, applies. Yeah, yeah it still, it still applies. applies. And, and Nick and I talk a lot about when we first got sober, but really for both of us, and I'm going to speak for you here and tell me if I'm wrong, but... Really, it was our our second chance at life. Right, it and was like an awakening. Yep, it was. It's like an a awakening. awakening. And you can have it through anything. Anytime right. shit falls apart, like in the cracks, you know, your life starts to crack open. That's an opportunity for the light to come in, and it's an opportunity for you to recreate yourself. Right, and exactly. sometimes it just takes really dramatic shit to happen, and and sometimes not. Sometimes it's sometimes just like it's that. just listening to a podcast, well, yeah, and hearing yep. somebody. Like give resonating. you permission to say you get to decide what you what you want your life to be, exactly. you know. And if you're not happy, let's figure out how to change it. But for me, I was so, I was so broken when I started my life over again. I mean, it was so I would wake up and cry, mm. and then I would yell, and then I would um, 
like verbally attack somebody. I mean, I was really a hot, hot mess. And the idea of taking care of myself was so foreign to me that I just cried, yelled, and was a mess. And honestly, like I know that sounds super crazy, but but that was my first practice was actually letting myself feel the shit that I was feeling. Mm. And I and I needed that. I needed the permission to be a hot mess and to learn how to navigate through that shit. Because I realized for me, and and I'll still do it today, is like when I start pretending like everything's perfect. Oh yeah. And when I start telling you I'm fine and I'm good, oh my God, I'm good and let me tell you how good I am. And deep down in my soul, I feel like I could hide in the back of a corner and cry. Like I have problems. So I really dug deep and I allowed myself the grace to be bored and uncomfortable and sad and mad. And that was my first practice. And it saved my fucking life because I just let myself be. Yeah. And I would write about it. I would write about it. I would share about it. Um, I wouldn't try and hide it. You know, and it, and it was messy. It just was. So, yeah. but I needed that. So that yeah. was my first practice. Then I started to get into the solution. But I wasn't able to get into any solutions until I was able to just fucking own all my shit. Yeah. <clears throat> so once I started to get into the solution, I had, um, I had a great mentor also. And I also, like Nikki, had two addictions, um, you know, drugs and alcohol and love addiction. And so I started to develop um, mantras also for myself. And, and the, the first one was, I'm not your God. And every time I would start to think about the, my ex or I wanted to call or I was like worried that he yeah. was going to die, uh-huh. my fault. Um, you know, my mentor would say, I want you to seriously pray and say, I'm not your God. Yeah. I'm not your God. Right. I'm not your God. So, so that was, that was one of them. I had a lot of mantras. I would say the serenity prayer, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change and the courage mm. to think, what is it? Oh my God. As I'm saying it, I can't remember it. God what grant me the serenity, serenity to accept the things, the things I cannot, I cannot change, change, the, the courage, courage to change the things, the things I, can, I can, and, and the, the wisdom to know, the, know difference. the difference. So as you can tell, it's been a long time since I've said that one. But um, no, I would just say it like over and over and over again. And then the other thing I did was I'd always have like one book that I'd be reading mm. and I would read just like two or three pages every morning of that book and I can't remember the author's name but the book is when things fall apart oh Pima Chodron yeah oh my god that book saved my life and honestly for like the first two years of my uh new life I read when things fall apart and I would just read yeah I would pick two or three pages every morning and sit drink my coffee smoke my cigarette and read my book I'm gonna stop you there because I love that practice. And for me, because sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, I get things a little slow. And so I used to think that in order for me to read a book, I had to like, make it an event to sit down and read the whole book. And I just recently in the last few years learned that if you read just like a few pages a day, you're still reading the book, and you're gonna probably finish it. Because you're gonna remember it, right? And me sitting like, I wouldn't read a lot of books. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have time. Yep. But anyway, I love that of like sitting down. And I, I did a little bit of that when I was first sober too. My book was yeah. Conversations with God. 
Yeah. I don't know what it was about that that helped me. I mean, and it did. Good one. Um, But uh, I love that as a practice of just sitting down and reading a few pages in the morning. Yep. Because that's also, I mean, that helps. No, (laughs) You're going to read the book and you're going to absorb whatever you're reading. Yeah. Yeah. It's simple. And then as it progressed, you know, I did, I I have to be, I I went through the phase of heavy ritualistic. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, you know, I, I would, I worked with spiritual healers. I worked with shamans. Um, I did Reiki. I've been trained. I've actually been certified in Reiki for like 11 years. And so, and so everything, you know, in that midpoint of like that two years to six years, um, it was big. Yeah. And it was always like a big ritualistic and I'd get all my crystals out. I had all of these healing crystals and I would do full chakra healing, um, and I would meditate every morning, especially in school, because I had yeah. a really nice rhythm in school. Like for yeah, me, me too. routine, I need, okay, so I hate routine. Rhythm. Rhythm. I, know, I like the word rhythm, but yeah. I, but I need rhythm to be able to, to be able to focus. And I do really well when I have a structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for really school was so fantastic for me. Me too. Yep. Because I was able to wake up. I would do, you know, at least 10 minutes of meditation. Sometimes I'd bring out my crystals. Then I'd go to school and I had the exact place I knew where I got my coffee. I had the same place that I'd sit. I would say my mantras. I'd say the serenity prayer. I would, you know, do positive <laughs> affirmation. You reminded me about my experience in school too. And it was the same way with as crazy and busy as it was, this uh, routines, because that's when my that's when my yoga practice really kicked in. Yes. I would wake up every morning and I was also, I, I ran, I used to run half marathons. And so I would get up in the morning and I would go for my, you know, three to five mile run and I'd come home yeah. and I would do my yoga and then I would go to school. Yep. And it's just like it, and it was in that same kind of time period, that three to seven years yeah. is when I was really into that. In it. In it. And the structure yep. of school really helped me. And I was able to keep that like rhythm going yep. and yeah, it was really good. And practices felt good. Well, and I, I think mean, I needed also, it though because I was fucking, I was insane in school. I know you, you were, I was, I feel like I was not, I mean, I okay. Was. My husband might disagree, but I think I'm always slightly insane. But I also think that there's something about when you first discover a tool. So yeah. it gets really exciting and you like dig deep into it. And that's so beautiful and it's so beneficial. And then it's like after years and years and years, you, you, st- it starts to become, I don't want to say mundane, but it, it, but it dulls a little bit because you're ready for something we new. Grow. Yeah, yeah. We, exactly. We you grow. grow and we outgrow. Like I had another mentor who used to have this analogy of her life, um, as like a, like a closet of cloaks yep. and she would take a cloak out and she would put the cloak on and it would fit and it would feel so good. And it would be warm and cozy. And then with that cloak that she was wearing, she was able to do so many things. She started to grow out of the cloak. Exactly. And so she would take it off and she'd put it back in the closet and then she'd yep. get a new one yep. and put that new cloak on. And so I think that that is one of the things when it comes to spiritual practices, mm-hmm. um, especially in these kind of practices that keep us grounded and rooted and successful and our highest self is, is that permeability. You know, yep. the ability to continue to change and to grow and to move and either move forward or even sometimes go back Moves to the basics. Back. Yeah, which yeah. is sometimes the most powerful is this. this again, I'm going to always say this, like the simple things you do, remembering to breathe, having one affirmation, even if it is, I am love. Right. Or, or I, I am. Breathing. Yeah, I am. I am good. 
right. you know, what, whatever it is. And you say that having a prayer, um, remembering to just stop and look around. I mean, the simple practices really sometimes are the most fulfilling and actually have some of the most value over time. Um, right. Those super simple things. And that kind of goes back to, um, did I cut you off? Did I interrupt no, you? No, I don't. Okay. You and I like interrupt and over talk each other all, all this the time. Is, but we flow with that. I know. Okay. Because I want to move on to values. Do you mind if no, I move on to values? I want to move. Okay. Because yes. Because I want to move on to like what, now. what season you of want, growth yeah. we're doing now. Yeah. yeah me too. And I are both, we're both recommitted to a new practice. Right. And so. for me, and it's. it's kind of new. It's kind of not. So you guys have heard me talk a little bit about working with my mentor currently Jackie Carr and yep. she has her own business called Go- Goals on the Rocks and so she's my coach in that way but I first uh, got introduced to Jackie two and a half years ago through something called I Goal You it's now called Light Your Leadership but I Goal You um, she was a uh, like a coach through I Goal You and I got connected with her and we did a lot of work around values and legacy and um, I one of the things I, I first heard Jackie she was on a podcast and she was talking about how language creates our world and how important yeah. language is. And that spoke to my anthropologist self, you know, how I know mine too. Right. How important <laughs> language and how language really does create our world. Yeah. Language yeah. creates everything around us. And it was the first time that she was talking about values. And for me at that time, I thought values, I thought of values as inspirational. So mm-hmm. values like patience, Mm -hmm. kindness Mm -hmm. um uh what else um i don't want to say yeah i'll say like compassion um Mm -hmm. success achievement Mm -hmm. these are all yes these can be values and for me who i am they speak to something i want to be not Mm -hmm. something that i am currently not Mm -hmm. saying that i'm not kind and i'm not patient but Those are more things like I want to have those to make me sound good. Values are things that bring me home. Mm -hmm. They bring me, they're what she calls is like your core heart values. Things that are you. Things like, so if those of us that resonate with uh, the talk of chakras, they're that first chakra, that root, that base, that foundation, that who I am. I am here. My right to be here and my right of what makes me here. It makes me who I am. And she was talking about how when we look at values, we actually get to define what they look like mm-hmm. and what they mean. And so I started looking at values a few years ago. And I had all, and I had the same values for two years. Uh, I can't even really remember what they are. But I'm sure it was like connection, compassion, community, passion. Oh, and unconventionality. Look at that. It came right back. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were my values for two years. And they did serve me very well. They helped me create Rise and Align. Um, which is, uh, uh, offerings that I have through yoga for at-risk youth, underserved communities, women experiencing trauma, uh, or people in experiencing trauma in general and how yoga practices can help move them through that. Um, and so initially I go you in this work with values and legacy, help me create right in line. And it's interesting. A few, I decided to start working with Jackie again because the last two years have been very powerful. Like I was Mm -hmm. talking about before, I've had issues with infertility. Um, I've had a lot of life changes in regards to moving. Um, and my career, my career has started to shift and change and, and pick up a little bit. Um, and things started to really kind of get crazy and out of control. And 
I just was like, what is happening? So I reached out to Jackie again. And on our first call, one of the things she asked me was like, where are you with your values? Mm -hmm. And my, I was just like, what values? Like, I don't know. And she was like, well, no wonder you're all over the place. You don't know where to come back to. And so it was like, that's a practice for me. And what that looks like is I sit down and I write a bunch of words that resonate for me on a piece of paper, a bunch of words. So I'll tell you, my values now are service, connection, practice, and Huga. You guys have probably heard me say Huga before, but Huga is the art of building sanctuary and community of paying attention to what makes us feel open-hearted and alive. It's a feeling of belonging to the moment and belonging mm-hmm. to each other to create well-being, connection, and warmth. And it's a coziness of the soul. So that is, those are my four values. Those are what are important to me. But I started with a really long list. And Jackie actually sent me a list of like, I think it's like 80 words or something like that with like, yeah quality and love and yoga and practice and gratitude and uh, education and nature and yoga and well being all of the things that you can think of yeah and so you just sit down and you write them down on a piece of paper and then you sit with them for a while and what she actually had me do is she had me write the values down on a post-it note and then around the values I would write what that meant to me and so what that looked like was I would write down connection and I would say connection with my friends, connection with family, connection to myself through yoga, connection to my mind, body, spirit, connection to my community, connection to love and to passion. And mm-hmm. then I would take that post-it note and I would roll up my yoga mat and I would stick that post-it note under my yoga mat and I would stand on my values during my mm-hmm. yoga practice to see if they fit. I love that. And so, and that's how I got with the four that I have and they feel so good. They feel so right. And this is what, um, you know, this is, this is where I am now, but what I can do, what the values allow me to do is it's a touchstone or it's like a, an inner GPS, or it's something where I can say, does this fit in line with my definition of service? So let's mm-hmm. say someone asks me to teach a yoga class or they want me to do a private or there's something that comes up in a, in a business sense, in a service sense. Mm-hmm. I can look back at my own definition of service, not the definition that's in the dictionary, but the definition that I create mm-hmm. and I can say, does this fit with this value? And then it gives me the opportunity to say, yes, it does. Or no, it doesn't. And so value and I, and I do, and I have them on post-its and I have them around and I revisit them and I think about them a lot because I want to make sure that my life is centered in my values. And as long as everything that I'm doing comes back to these values, my life starts to like fall into flow (laughs) to flow and it like these are the channels that i'm putting out here and i'll tell you guys i started doing this work again with jackie in october and there's even in this short period of time it's been six weeks it's just this kind of like frequency has opened up and Mm -hmm. i will say and i I, I, there's a, there's a part of me that when we start talking about these kind of practices and like you can have what you want you can do what you want i do want to say it with a caveat You guys always hear me talk about privilege. I do know that I am in a place Mm -hmm. of privilege to have the money and the time to be able to do Mm -hmm. these things. So um, I do want to acknowledge that because it's not always possible for everybody to get the time and the financial ability to do this. Um, But when I do, when I do put in the time and I have the, the investment in myself Mm -hmm. of time, money, resources to be able to do this, then it, it, you know, things really do start to flow and a frequency opens up. 
so values are values are so big for me and not even just you know those and those are just my personal values my family has a whole other set of values and then when i start to look at my business that has a whole other set of values as well like what a what are like the business practices what are the values for my business practices so um values evolve values are huge for me values are like at the top values are that thing that like this is like the big thing right up here i love it yeah sorry so. i was just hacking up while Nikki okay. was talking about this beautiful value-based she, living she put on- i put myself on mute so i could uh cough and hack and not have all of you hear me okay i want to make sure you're okay because she like yep. put on mute yep. and then she left the screen because we're on skype because i can we can see each other and i want to make sure like she was just coughing and not like you know no, I'm sick okay. or everything was okay. okay. okay so yeah, so that's values for me, and values are so huge, and they change and they transform. Um, but I, I feel really good. getting intentional yes, and yes. reconnecting for you because it works so well, and coming oh, back God. to that. Yeah. Um, and that I'm gonna segue into what I'm doing right now because it, but really, it's being intentional and being crystal clear. So yes. I too have had a wild ass two years, um, especially in my career. And I've just been, like I said, I've been running from one thing to the next and um, very unintentionally creating as much as I can and being as driven as I can. So I'm at that point where I do have a slight burnout. And so I get to, I love what Nikki said about her day, but I'm, I'm redesigning my life. And so what does what does that look like now for where I am right now? So I have created focus areas for my life and that is, and it needs to be really tangible in my mind so that I can get super clear on what do I want my life to look like? What do I want myself to look like? And how do I make those things happen? I love and this. Then, I'm just going to interrupt I, you for a second. Cause yeah. I love this. This is all, this is this is goals, baby. This is yep. all goals. And this yep. is such good stuff. And I love watching you talk about it. So keep yeah, going, well, love. and so while I have a very clear mind, super clear, because I, I need to ha- be crystal clear for myself, because I sometimes um, it's that commitment. It's like, oh, I want this to be my life. And I'm going to flow with it. And I want to manifest it. And then I'm just going to float around. And I've done that so much. And it works because it's like what Nikki's saying is like, uh, yes, we can manifest. And yes, you know, we have the privilege. But for me, I, I realize like when I get really clear, and I know exactly what it is I want, and I commit to that, that's the key, I need to commit to that. Um, things happen, and I'm able to do those things. So I'm done in the wishy washy for myself of um, feeling frustrated when things don't go like I want it. And, and, and God needs God in the universe, like they need they need the details. Like right. we need to put out the details. The details are important. The details are what help us resonate and bring our frequency in line with that. So it's one thing just to say, Oh, I want to travel, but, but what does that actually look like? And what, and what are the steps that I need to take to make those things happen? So I'm really clear and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. So I have four focus areas in my life right now. I have my health. I have my wealth. I have my marriage and I have travel. And under each one of my focus areas, I have the details. So for my health, I really want to get reconnected to creating a good food plan. My food has been all over. 
Um, I want to, I got my blood work done. I'm waiting to get those results back, but I want, um, I want to improve my blood results, whatever they are. So I, I wrote down clear blood. That's, that's kind <laughs> that of works for you. That makes sense to you though. Yeah. So I have a food plan. I have clear blood. Um, I have yoga. When I practice yoga, my health improves. I have skincare. Um, you know, my skin gets really dry and I have eczema on my hands. And so when I focus on my skin, that improves my health. We're going to, we're going to circle back around to that too. Cause I have some stuff that I want to talk about in regards yeah. to that. Oh yeah. Self-care. Yeah. I, have, I have hiking, walking and meditation. So those are the things and the actions that I want to create to make my health better. Um, I'm going to talk about wealth because we were so funny. Like none of us really want to talk about money. Yep. Um, but I've been, I have been actively reading. You are a badass at making money and it has been changing my frequency and my relationship with money. Um, and I, and I'd like, that's one of my focus areas is, is to become wealthier. So right. I have a starting point. Like I want to make at least $70,000. That is what I'm putting out. And that's at least, and, um, I, and I am in a career where that is possible and, and that is close. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just owning that. Right. And that's what it is. Um, I want. I'm, I have a title change coming that I'd like. I have um, house renovations. I want to renovate my house, you guys. Like I, we bought our house um, five years ago and it's a fixer upper. So I really want to keep act- doing that. I want to keep doing that. Like I want to renovate my kitchen and my fireplace and you know, I want to build a new fence. I don't want to build it. I want to pay somebody to put up a new fence. <laughs> and then right. I also have under my under my wealth. When I think of like, what does it look like to live in wealth? I want to start to to get down my debt. Mm. So I'd like to pay off my credit card debt, and I know exactly how much that is, and I know exactly how much I need to make to pay my debt off. Um, I want a, ro- a more robust savings account, um, and then I have a travel budget. So, so that's, that's wealth. And then for my marriage, I'm just going to go through. You're just, you're just going through them. Yeah. Go through them. Put them out there. Say it out loud. I have, um, connection. You know, it's like one thing when you've been with somebody for a really long time, you're there, but I, but I really want to have those moments of connection with my husband where I'm present. Um, I have sex. I want, you know, I want to keep and get sex in my marriage. That's, that's one of my crystal clear things I want to create. Um, I have putting my phone down. Oh, I, yeah, that's a big one. I'm on my phone constantly. And so I need to put my damn phone down. Um, house projects, when we work together, we're connected. I have creativity. I have support. I have adventure, com- communication. Oh, that's a big um, one. I have baby planning on there. Yay. Good. Family time, and then I have um, recreating my office because I leave my shit all over the um, dining room table, and it it's probably drives him nuts. Crazy, and so I need to, in my marriage. That's like a very clear action step of something I need to do. And then for travel, um, it's short, but I want to go to the Caribbean this year. Oh, that's exciting! I know. So either the Dominican Republic or maybe the U.S. Virgin Islands. But that is like, I want to go to the Caribbean and be in that energy. And then we, my dad had this old RV. Oh, yeah. And we, you guys, we went down to Utah. We drove to Salt Lake City. We drove through three states and picked up this camper. And it's so cute. So I have RV trips, like going yes. for weekends around Washington. And then I want to go back to Cannon Beach 
Mm. and concerts because my husband and I go to a lot of concerts and that's an opportunity for us to travel. And so I know this sounds like a lot, but when you write it down, what I found, I have columns. So I wrote down my, my four focus areas and then these are all the steps and the concrete projects that I've committed um, to working on. And, yeah. and it's not always going to be every day. It's not always going to be perfect, right. but at least tangible goals. And I'm open for God in the universe to bring me surprises and bring me things that I have yet to think of that are even bigger and better than what I'm thinking of. And so that always comes first. But this just helps me part of my job, I do project management. And so I, I have to do this in work. And for some reason in my life, <laughs> just like, don't do it. I'm brain power and work that I like, don't do these things in my personal life. And then I'm like, why am I a mess? And it's like, well, <laughs> no clear direction. And right. I have no goals. And yeah. I don't actually know what I'm doing in my right. personal life anymore. So right. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. And I love I, that. I love that goal work. And I love the setting it out. You know, for me, I'm, I'm going to come back to the post-its because I love my post-its. If you come to my house, I have post-its everywhere. And actually, Bodhi, Bodhi now does her post-its too. You know, she just like writes down. She doesn't, she does, you know, she, cause I have post-its next to like my bedside table on my bed. I have post-its on my mirror. I have post-its in my office. And so now Bodhi has her post-its all over too. So cute. <laughs> so apparently it's going to be your little practice, but for me, I'm really big about those I am statements. I, yep. Those I am statements of like placing things that I, like my goals in the yep. present tense, I think is really mm-hmm. big. So um, I also have some stuff career wise that I've been writing down on my post-its. And then, um, you know, a couple, along with some of the work that I did with Jackie uh, at the beginning of us working together with values was taking a look at role models. And I think I've yeah. talked about on this, I think I've talked about this on here before, but we changed the language with role models to reflection models. I love that. Because the reason why they're role models is because we see ourselves in them. Mm-hmm. And so what she had me do is take a look at my reflection models and write down what I uh, love in them and what I see in them. Yeah. And write those on posters for myself. So things like I am tenacious. I am kind. I am committed. I am of service. Um, I stand for what I believe in. You know, different things like that to to remind myself of who and what I am. So those I am statements, and then also, um, in regards to in regards to work. You know, what and my business. Um, writing those like, like Sarah was saying, like getting really intentional about the kind of money that you want to make. And for me, I write it in like the, you know, I make X amount of dollars per yoga class or I have X amount of clients for this and um, just getting really intentional. So I love, I love, love, love that, like sitting down, writing it down and then sharing it with someone. And just getting on it. I mean, there's power in actually owning what you want. And there's accountability involved in it. And it's just. uh, And like you have permission. You know what I mean? You have permission to to want these things, you have permission to go for it. Right. I have permission. You know, it's like sometimes, God, it's just like we just need to. We need somebody else. I need somebody else to give me permission to want the things I want. To allow myself to give myself permission because I will undervalue myself. And Nikki and I've been talking a lot about this, but I will undervalue, undersell, um, 
and overwork myself and it just it's no longer working for me no because it, it comes from that place of people pleasing it comes from a place of ego it comes from yep. a place of not being enough yeah um and it's forgetting that we are perfect whole and complete just how yeah, we are right now in this are. moment um and we don't need somebody to validate that we don't need somebody nope. to approve us um we don't need someone to um tell us that we're good enough because we already are it's inherent in who we are today right here yep. right now yeah but it's so hard to know that at your core and it takes a lot of work to get there mm. um and we forget and along with all these practices the one thing that i wanted to talk about is we're human i'm human mm. i forget i get away from it i get away from these practices i get away from remembering that i'm perfect whole and complete and one of the things actually that i really loved about that podcast that i listened to rewilding um for women was she was like what are those markers that you notice in your life when you start getting away from your practices and you start um, getting into fear, getting into depression, getting into anxiety. And for me, some of the things that start to come up, I start to turn inward. And like mm -hmm. my, my inner critic gets really loud. Yeah. When I step out of, so again, going back, going back to I go, you light here, leadership language. They call it staying above or below the line. Yeah, and so like it's like the line is obviously... Um, arbitrary and it's different for everybody yeah. but when we're living above the line we're in possibility we're in hope we're in love we're in faith we're in compassion we're in kindness yeah um and then when we're below the line we're the opposite of all those things we're in fear um we're in doubt we're in worry we're in anxiety and so those are the terms that i'm going to use to talk about it because i find that's really easy to talk about well, it and i feel terms. like you can do, go above or below like through a day and it is you could do it a <laughs> million instant. times in a yeah, day yeah i'm above the line and oh god now i'm below like within right. five minutes i'm like above that. or below it's just such a quick it's yeah. just such a quick flip and so what do we like what are those first things that you notice when we get below the line and for me yeah. i my inner critic gets really loud comparison i start to compare myself to yeah. people yeah. i start to write fictional stories in my head about what people think about me, what people say about me, how people like me. All of a sudden, I'm the worst yoga teacher in the world. No one likes my classes and everyone's lying to me. Yep. You know, and that's just, that's just the that's tip just of the iceberg. Yoga. That's just for you. Exactly. Yep. That's yep. just the tip of the iceberg. Yep. I start to write fictional stories in my head and then I start to believe them. If I let myself go far enough, I start to believe them. You know, I start yep. to get into judgment. I start yeah. to get resentful towards my husband. I start to get intolerant towards Bodhi. There's all these things that come up and it's when I shift below the line, when yeah. I'm in doubt, fear, worry, anxiety, depression, whatever it is. And um, the difference between now and, you know, a few years ago is a few years ago, I used to get 20 miles past the line before I realized yeah. it. Oh, that gives me chills. It's so, you know, it's so true. Like and you just. Yeah. And I had to like, like, I, like I had to like dig stairs through the hole. I mean, the like hole. Yep. Like scratch with my Claw. nails to get back up. Um, and now the difference is I don't get that far. Yes. I maybe get two or three feet past the line. And I'm like, fuck, oh, fuck that. I need to pick up the phone. I need to get quiet. I need, I need to sit down and do some IM work. Yep. I need to sit down and do some free writing, get yep. the fucking poison out of my brain yep. and then reread it to see how ridiculous it is. And then I'm going to be really real here because I do actually have diagnosed postpartum depression. Yep. I need to check in where with where I'm at with my medication. Yep. Make sure that's on point because that's a real thing. Yep. 
And so sometimes it's not as easy as just sitting down and yoga in a way no. or journaling away or meditating away. Sometimes if we do have an actual chemical imbalance in the body that requires help from a medical professional, Amen. Thank we you. need to take Eat a step help. out and, and seek that help too and say, yep. this isn't working. I'm trying to do these things and it's not working. Let's recheck. And that's really important. I just want to jump in because you're, if it, if you are sitting here listening to us and you are like, I do this, I do this, check, 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 And I can't check, get above check, the line check, and check. I can't get in hope and I can't get faith and I can't and see I the can't, sunshine. Please, please, um, seek other forms of help also. Right. And you know, maybe you know, go, you can I don't want to tell one of us to and we will yep. help you. Reach yep. out to one of us and we will help you. We will hold your hand. We will stand beside you because chances are we have been there too, babe. And we will. And chances are there's something you that the you might not be thinking of that maybe we can help point you in a direction or an, to an expert or to somebody who's qualified to deal right. with um, some of those things. And exactly. I think that's really important. You have to be. We all do. We have to be our own advocate because mm-hmm. let me tell you, like there is no knight in shining armor that is coming to save you (laughs) there is not it's you it's you it's me we save each other we save ourselves we save each other yeah it's like yes there's a higher power and you know god and and all of those things but at the end of the day like we have to get up we have to put our clothes on and we have to go out into the world and so if you can be your own advocate um Oh my God, the places that you will go and the things that you will see and the ability to create will be beautiful and moving and it will fill you with pride in a good way and you can just do it, but you have to be your own advocate. Right. And then you have to be able to know, like, and that's why, that's why I think it's important to have this conversation. We have to be able to know those, those markers and how we can actually shift out of that fear and that anxiety. And for me, it always comes back to one of the hardest things for me to do when I get in that spot is connection. That's one of the hardest things for me to pick up the phone and call someone and say, God, this is what I'm thinking. Or, you know, just like, reaching, reaching out, whether it be a friend or a spouse or, you know, someone, a confidant, someone that you feel comfortable talking to, um, reaching out and just saying, you know, can you help me rethink this? Can you help me get through this? Um, and that's like, that's a solid practice. I'm just trying to think of like when I'm in that space of like that pain, like we all know that pain of anxiety and we know that paralyzed feeling of like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm trying to think of what I actually do in those moments. And I mean, I br- like breathing, you know, like the bur- breathing, breathing. But also I think what, what I do when I get into crippling anxiety or crippling fear or crippling anger, mm-hmm. um, the first thing I need to do is, is own the fuck up that I'm there. Oh, you know what I mean? The awareness. Like, yeah. Like, the aware- okay, like, like this stop. is what I'm feeling. Yep. Like, this Stop. is what I'm feeling. It's really big. It's yep. overwhelming. It's yep. encompassing. Yep. This is real. And okay. So once you know what the problem is, right. then you can um, start to figure out what is a solution and what are the next steps. But right. I do feel like this goes back to the stepping. Like sometimes I feel like it, even in my own, you know, my own life, I'll be in so much anger, fear and anxiety and sometimes all at once, but I won't stop. Like I just keep going and then it gets really chaotic, like right. the chaos. And then I love that the stories, the chaos, the I'm so busy, I can't stop um, really builds. Yeah. And so for me, when I start to feel that chaotic energy, it's a cue to stop. 
identify what the emotion is. Like I have to identify what the poison is and then I can, then I can be like, okay, I need to breathe or I need to call Nikki or I need to talk to my husband. And it's the simple things. Again, it's like going back to the simple things. Cause when you're that depressed or you're that anxious, it's or when you're that it's angry, when or you're, you're that, that rage. Oh, the rage, oh, the is, rage the worst is the worst for me. because yep. that is the hardest thing for me to yep. like pause yeah, because I'm angry and I'm fucking angry. Yeah, and, and when I you see, see red, red. <laughs> listen to us. And we it's can, just like it red. Oh man, red. I just run. It's like yep. I can't stop, and I and I have to. And so again, I don't get twenty miles into rage. I get two feet into rage, and then you pause, and then I pause. But, but let me tell you, even even now, mm-hmm. I have been known to throw a coffee cup or two. Yep. And it's not pretty. Nope, I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't done it for uh, maybe a year and a half. Yeah. But I no, have. but, but in, but you know what I mean? And that's very deep into years and years and years of both of us working on our shit and ourselves. Right. The rage will still come out for both right. of us. I can't and, believe and I just we admitted just that I threw a coffee cup. Own it. I've thrown a lot of things. I threw a coffee like, cup. I once took not, my sweater not off. at someone though. I want to clarify. No. It was not at someone. I took my sweater off and I was like, I started like hitting the wall with my sweater. Oh God. I've been like, like a two year old temper tantrum. It's like an angry badger or like like a a trapped angry animal. And it's just, I get it. So we get it. It's just, and and anger is a secondary emotion, guys. Always. I'm always sad. It's a secondary emotion. And so what's underneath that? Is it fear? Is it suffering? Like what is underneath that? I, I'm always I'm hurt and, right, hurt. and if I'm hurt, I want to, I, it's just like anger and, it, and, and yeah, we're, you know what, honestly, at some point we'll just do a whole podcast on this, we'll, we'll but, do, but the point is that underneath that, it's whatever, usually it's like fear, doubt, anxiety, worry, whatever that base need is, there's these other emotions that come up out of it and it's how to shift out of that secondary emotion, mm-hmm. you know, the anger, the whatever whatever it is that we're dealing with the doubt that 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 emotion that we can acknowledge and then we can stop and say fuck what do i need like what do i need yep you know and so and that that and it takes time to get there it it, it's not easy to get there sometimes i know i've taken a lot of professional help to Mm -hmm. get there um a lot of fucking self-help books, a lot of yep. self-help work. Yep. Well, and just stopping. Stuff. Just just pause. Yeah. Oh, wait. Like, that's my biggest piece of advice is when, when it's that overwhelming, just stop. Yeah. Just so stop. It, it, and it is, um, it is possible oh. for us to pause. These practices are so good. It made me feel so good. Um, God, I want... I, Next time. I was going to talk about essential oils a little bit. I know. that's one of my practices that I really but love. We're but we're wait. hitting. Yeah, we're going to wait. We're hitting about one. We're almost, we're almost in 90 minutes again. I know. It's so I good. Know. Um, but I think this was a really great. I think this was a really great discussion today. Um, you know, just and to I just give. Want... No, uh, I was just going to say just to give people a, an insight on some of the things that we actually like. The, these are things that we actually do. You know, yep. these are things that we actually do. These are things that we spend a lot of time thinking about and moving into. Um, and, and it they, looks different. It looks different than when we first started doing these things. And honestly, if while we keep doing this podcast, like I'm excited to next year, you know, revisit this. Like what are our practice and right. what are the, what's my focus area? I was area? actually thinking about that when you were reading it, like. Yeah, it'll be interesting to check in in a few months. Yeah, because I have concrete things. Yeah, because you have so concrete I'm, things that you've written down. I'm committed to um, 
having an update on my things, on my focus areas, see what is created, what's not created. Um, yeah, and just being being open and honest in six months, seeing what, what my focus areas look like. I love that. Because um, I didn't put a time limit. You know, this is like kind of like within this next year type of thing. But um, yeah, that way I have, I can track, I can track myself. I can keep myself accountable. Well, you guys. it's now on the record. I know. Like it's I need in the record. Some of the, this was, we talked about a lot of stuff today. There's a lot of stuff in the record today. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Well, everyone and after thinks this you- podcast goes out, I'm like, oh shit, I can't believe I said that. I know. <laughs> and then Nick's gonna be like, it's okay. I actually and I'm like, <laughs> I was worse this time. Ooh. But we'll yep. see. We'll see how it goes. Um. So anyway, it was so great to talk with you today. I hope that you guys enjoyed the podcast. Sarah, where can we find you? You can find me at the sober Sarah on Instagram. That's Nikki, right. where can we find you? You can find me at Rise and Align with Nicole on Instagram. And then keep emailing us at wildandfreepodcast at gmail.com. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Rate us. Review us. Comments. Let reviews. us know how you're doing. Give us feedback. The reason why we talked about this today is because we got feedback from you guys about what do we do? What do we yep. do? How do we live in this world? Yep. As and I are. hope. So all of you um, have an amazing week and yes. remember that like you are perfect, whole and complete totally. exactly how you are Exactly, today. exactly. You are enough and you belong right yep. here, right now. We love you all so much. Thank you for being a part of it all. And we'll uh, talk with you guys next week. Bye. Bye.